Sing a little something, Jesse. Good morning. Good morning. That's copyrighted. Oh, no. Can you do that tune, but with the words <laughs> amateur cast? Hmm. Or, or maybe like, That's like a good question. movies, we talk about amateur, amateur cast. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> Just something that's on theme. So if I hear you self-deprecate once, it's over. I, I leave. Okay. Um, I hate myself. Do you actually want me to sing? Because I can't. Yeah. I, just, I don't know what to sing. That's what we hired you for. Oh. Yeah. That's what you hear. Where's my paycheck? Okay. Must have uh, got lost in the mail. Won't be here unless you sing. I'm keeping all of this in. Can we just move on from the singing portion? Because it's not going to... No, I, we I need a theme pressure, song. And I can't... Well, I don't... I, I don't, It doesn't work like that, Colby. <laughs> this is your whole thing. This is your skill. You have a degree in this. Wow, way to play the shame card. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm also not enough for my mother, so that's cool. <laughs> Personal issues. Yeah, anyway. Oh, no. So, uh, are we going to move on from the singing thing, or is that going to kind of... We're not All right, gonna so you're going to have to do the theme song, then, with your beautiful right, I got this. Ready? voice. Go. Amateur. Oh, my God, I hate myself. <laughs> Amateur. Amateur cast. Welcome to Amateur Cast. This is our show. Amateur Cast. Hi, this is our show. That was good. Hey everybody. That was Welcome good. to Amateur Cast, the show okay, where we pretend so. to know what we're talking about. My name is Sebastian Limon. I am joined with Colby Leapies. I'm not going to say. And Jessica Harms. Whoa, she introduced herself. Oh. <laughs> that was badass. Sorry, sorry. Everybody, just like erase the last five seconds of your hey. memory. Who Hi. are you? Why are you in my room? Hey. Why'd you get in here? Hi, my name is Jessica Nicole Harms, my social security. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, keep going. So, hi everybody, um, my name is Jessica, you may call me Jess. Um, as I can't call you anything, in. this is a recording. Okay, uh, in your minds, refer to me as Jess. Um, hi everybody, I know these two fools from high school, actually. Um, I am a California native. I took a couple years off from my Cali girl aesthetic and hopped on over to Texas and got my BFA in musical theater. I graduated in May of this year and now I live with my parents. Let's give a round of applause yeah. for that one. Woo! Woo! And I'm currently saving money to move over to New York. I figured I've covered the West Coast. I've covered the South, but the East Coast, they're not ready yet. So uh, I will be moving to New York and pursuing musical theater. So I'm really, really excited to be here and talk with you guys about movie musicals, something that I am passionate about. I was raised on them. It's, it's actually my she one life goal to be musicals. here. Yeah. Not even kidding. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That, that was it. Yeah, bye-bye. Right, that, that was it. Thanks, guys. It's a great episode. Next week, we'll be talking about Alex Papke. Remember her? Poor girl. Callback. But yeah, no. uh, hello, everybody. We're talking about our favorite movie musicals today because we're yes. reviewing uh, the newest movie musical, In the Heights. And that is why we sang for you. Also Woo! because we don't have a theme song right now because we're working on a new one. So look forward to that. In the meantime, mm -hmm. you will be 
simply enjoying the acapella stylings of Sebastian Limon. Yes. Not for free. Never for free. <laughs> Never for free. Especially. Well, we can tell who didn't get a BFA in musical theater, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> can I leave? Okay. You can't this leave. is a pretty You're aggressive contracted. episode so far. <laughs> well, you know me. It's in the last name. It is in the last name. Speaking of musical theater, Jesse, yeah. what is your favorite? My favorite music, movie musical of all time is, drumroll please, and I won't sing it because it's copyrighted, but Oklahoma! Yay. Oh. Yeehaw! <laughs> um, Oklahoma is probably my favorite movie musical, and I will tell you why. Growing up, my dad loved to show us like classic uh, movies in general. That's definitely like his favorite thing. He loves movie musicals. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and Oklahoma are two that I remember the most that we always watched. And Oklahoma is my dad's favorite, and he I grew up with him singing it around the house. It's definitely one of the probably top three musicals that like got me into theater and made me want to pursue it. Um, so it has a lot of sentimental value, but I also just think it's lots of fun. It's got classic music and dancing and, you know, references to suicide. So it's just... Yeah. Just gives me, like, warm feelings inside. Nothing like suicide to warm me up. Um, did, did you watch it, Colby? I didn't. I, well, I've seen the stage production multiple times, but I have not seen the movie. I've seen some of it. From what I've seen, wow. I like it. It's good. <laughs> you guys are great. I know. Film majors, am I right? Whackers. <sighs> Um, I think it's got those classic, it's got the classic vibes of, of, you know, 50s era movie musical. There's no exciting and, um, intriguing cinematography. It's one of those, I think, okay, this is something interesting I guess I can talk about. So something I learned about a lot in school was the progression of musical theater and how, it used to drive society so heavily. So obviously before film, what do we have? We had theater. Um, and it used to be, at one point in time, it was the biggest form of entertainment in the world. And um, it, it, obviously we know like Shakespeare era, like Shakespeare created, he shaped vocabulary, he shaped um, social trends. We still use some of the words that he invented to this day in phrases. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because society used to revolve so much around going to the theater and so much around that culture. So movie musicals from like the 50s are really interesting because at the time they were just as big as any other form of entertainment. Um, as we know now in our culture, theater has kind of taken a, a backseat in a lot of ways. I actually think in recent years, which is really cool, it's coming back. Um, and it's definitely being revered more, if, if that's the right word. <laughs> I know words. Um, and it's definitely um, more well-respected, and people are finding it entertaining again, which is very exciting for me because <laughs> job security. But um, I also just find it interesting that watching classical musicals is so different because we know a lot of the actors in these movies are contracted uh, with the film companies, 
and they would do they would mm-hmm. pop out these uh musicals so uh, often um and we don't see stuff like that anymore obviously like actors don't have contracts necessarily with like one film company and they don't they aren't like required to do x amount of movies a year but it's Whoa. so interesting that they would that was where the money was but nowadays that's not necessarily the case like um and, unless you're doing a giant movie musical with tons of money and budget and all-star cast like um in the heights it's not gonna mm-hmm. necessarily be successful so it's just interesting to see the uh the ways that both theater and film have evolved through the years in reference to culture right. Yeah, I mean, musicals had a big drought for, like, several decades in film. And uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely, they've yeah. made a slight comeback in the last couple of years since, yeah. like, La La yeah, Land, which we've already talked about in another episode, episode four. Mm-hmm. Shout out, go watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, also a bit in episode one. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. like, we've had a slight comeback. Like, we had Greatest Showman, and we have this in the Heights and some others. But, um, yeah. And definitely... there's many coming, too. There's, like, That's a true. huge there's list. A ton of this year. story. Of upcoming movie musicals, yeah. There's like three Lin Manuel Miranda movie musicals this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, people can't seem to get enough of them. I can. That was me. I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I. I say that as like a. People can't seem to get enough of him, which is interesting. <laughs> I I do think he's very talented, but there's incredibly there's, talented. It, it's funny. I actually just read an article. Um, called the title was something along the lines of how did Lin-Manuel Miranda go from a musical genius to like a chuggy uh millennial mm. and I don't know if you're, <laughs> you're familiar with the term chuggy but I am it's yeah um essentially means like passe like socially yeah. um mm-hmm. unaccepted well not he's not kind of popular. a meme now he is. Yeah. Like the same people that um, were absolutely worshiping him for Hamilton like three years ago, or I guess like five mm-hmm. years ago now or whatever, are like making fun of him on TikTok now. Yeah. No, it, it's truly, it's incredible to see his um, demise, I guess. But his I mean, demise. the man is still, the man is still his making, fall. making stacks. So he's doing fine. But it's just interesting to see the yeah. way that society has a, uh, embraced him and then uh let him let him go i think part of it is how disney-fied he's become like he used to be kind of really i don't know he used to feel more rebellious like he was the guy that took like american history and then like rewrote it with like rap Her. and like it, yeah, it, rap it was kind has of, a sense of rebellion too yeah yeah it, it was kind of like i don't know i feel like when hamilton came out it felt sort of like and this feel see this feels weird in hindsight because now it's so mainstream. But I feel like it was a little bit like anti-establishment sort of. It was kind of just like, you know, we're gonna like uh, take American history and like make it cool. And now he's just like had this deal with Disney for the last couple of years where he's in all these Disney movies and he's like doing all these like kind of generic film scores. And you know he's yeah. on like so the social medias and the TikToks and Hamilton's become a lot more like mainstream and. Yeah, I feel like he's just kind of lost his edge. He needs to stop signing his tweets, LMM. Like, it, yeah, that's so lame. I don't think anything is more cringy than a celebrity signing their tweets. Like, honey, we know it's you. Like, nobody's <laughs> tweeting for you. Like, chill. Didn't he release a book of his tweets? Doesn't Tom Hanks do that? Okay, Tom Hanks is an exception. 
But right, so, right. Lin Manuel Miranda, it's like he he does act like he's bigger than he is. People love what he produces, but they I feel like he's more revered for his art than like him as an artist. Um, yeah. And he kind of acts like he is the moment. I mean, obviously he casts himself in all of his musicals, which is a whole other conversation. Um, but <laughs> and in all of his musicals, he talks about how hot he is, which is really funny. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's, like, his art is so incredible, and in some ways, I actually really respect that, like, okay, as an artist who wants to be on Broadway, like, bro is never going to make it on his own, so he said, screw that, I'm going to write myself into it, which yeah. I respect, I hella yeah, respect awesome. that, however, it's pretty cringy, like, it, the novelty kind of wore off, and everyone's like, okay, you're still, you're still writing yourself into these uh, musicals, mm -hmm. and now these movies, mm -hmm. And so, he's just not a great singer. Not no. at all. And it's so funny because no. high school Jesse would have been like offended by that comment because I was so I so embodied a theater oh, kid I in a lot that. of ways, and I so was diehard for anything uh, relatively on the spectrum of uh, Broadway um, culture <laughs> or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. And so I remember literally defending his voice. And now that I've gotten older and matured a little bit, I can admit that the man cannot sing very well. <laughs> I will say that I think okay? both of his major musicals in The Heights and Hamilton are like well written enough, and the musical, mm -hmm. the music in them is well written enough that his voice never like bothers me and gets in the way of me enjoying them. Right. True. That's a great way of putting it. But I saw someone word it this way. Imagine Hamilton, but Hamilton is an actually an actual like suave, attractive, young, like strong tenor. And I was like, oh, that's a great way of putting it. Huh. <laughs> Probably would have been a little bit more likable of a character. And more realistic. Like all the ladies like swoon over him in that show and it just doesn't mm. doesn't read as, as well as I think he thought it would. Yeah. Wow, yeah, so we've, you're right. we've gone through, we've slandered the man enough. Yeah, now let's slander his new film. And let's slander his movie. <laughs> I don't, I'm just kidding, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about it at all. Seb, you literally yeah. just came, like, literally 20 minutes ago came from the theater seeing it. The credits are rolling as we speak. I'm not even kidding. Um, yeah, so I, this, this is my fault. I'm the dum-dum that thought it was still on HBO Max, and I tried to watch it yesterday thinking, you know what? I got this. I'm good. It's not on HBO Max. Warner Brothers decided to take it out. Screw I didn't me over. know that. So I uh, watched it literally, what, 7.30ish? Just got out not that long ago. Uh, when did you guys see it? You guys saw it a while ago, I'm guessing. I saw it when it came out. I, I don't think it was opening weekend. I think it was the second weekend, but I saw it in theaters. Mm. Me and Alex saw it, I want to say... Three weeks ago. Yeah, what do we think, Je Jesse? Go for it. Because I am the resident expert. No, joking. I personally Correct. loved it. Um, mm -hmm. I think. Can you refresh my memory? What's the director's name? John M. Chu. John M. Chu. John N. Chu. M. M. Like the initial M. Chu. Ah, oh, you can call him that. John M. Chu. 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 C-H-U. Chu. Chu. Who? Chu. I can't hear you guys well, apparently. Like, Achu. <laughs> John M. Achu? No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to yes. call him John. I'm going to call him John. <laughs> I... 
Mr. John, I believe that I feel like I'm disrespecting him by not pronouncing his name, but I honestly genuinely can't hear you. So we're just going to move on from it. So John, I believe, I think that he needs to direct every movie musical from here on out. And I know that I, I guess that's like a little bit of an intense statement, but this is the first movie musical, at least like recent movie musical that I've seen that actually like had beautiful cinematography and everything was well thought out and it wasn't plastered up there and it didn't rely on the music to drive the plot, which I know part of that is good writing. Like the musical is well written and I think this is one of Lynn's like best works. But it didn't, like, okay, if we look back in contrast to Oklahoma, like, there's no, there's there's very few, um, excuse my limited film terminology, I am not a film major like you both, but um, it, there's not many shots in that, in those films from the 50s, like, and that's kind of the point, is they took it, they literally took it from stage, threw together some sets, and filmed it. Whereas yeah, because the way movie, that they would film it, it's kind of just exactly. like present it. Exactly. And I think the, the hardest part, at least in my assumption, of turning a musical into a movie is that seamless transition from stage to film. And that's usually poorly done. Um, it, it's really difficult to take a stage production and find genius ways and, and seamless and beautiful ways to... Because, uh, you know, you can't you can't black out in a movie. You can't close the curtain. There's no intermission. But um, mm-hmm. I think this this flowed so nicely. It was. Um, it was it, it was a what? How long is the movie? Like two and, two and a half, half hours, hours, two and a half. I genuinely it, it went by very fast for me. I was like, oh, what was that mm-hmm. like an hour, an hour and a half? It uh, because it was very seamless. It wasn't drawn out, and obviously, as much as I love musicals, I am not dumb to the fact that they can drag on. And there's maybe one too many songs in a couple of them. And um, but the music they they selected they they did uh, actually omit a couple songs, but they selected songs that weren't um, uh, exposition, I guess. In a is that the right word to use? They didn't. They didn't choose the song. Or they 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 hand selected songs that were going to translate well on film, and I I just think that they did a really mm-hmm. good job with that. That's fair. That 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 was my statement. You can comment now. <laughs> I like it, Kobe. Go for it. Um, I my thoughts on it were pretty complicated. I really liked it and respected its craft like I thought it was very technically well done like you said I thought John M. Chu did a great job as a director and I look forward John to John M. What Chu okay now I get it keep going <laughs> I look Sorry, forward to seeing Chu. what he does next um I thought the casting was good like most of what was on screen was good I had a lot of issues with the adaptation of the screenplay and I'll be honest with the fact that like I think if I hadn't if I wasn't familiar at all with the original uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda version, the original stage musical, I uh-huh, probably uh-huh. would have liked this more. But I'm personally hmm. very attached to the original. It's one of, if not my favorite, musicals. Oh, see, this is my first experience. Interesting. Okay. That's what I was looking forward mm-hmm. to asking you guys, because the three of us kind of run the whole spectrum. Like, Jess, you're very much a theater person. 
you're very knowledgeable about theater. Sebastian, you're very much a film person. You're very Thank knowledgeable about film. Thank you for not saying theater kid. I feel you're like an adult. <laughs> you're older than I am. I'm not going to call you a kid. You're 21. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you're a theater geezer. But, um, oh, no. I wanted to ask, like, how familiar you guys are with the original and how you were comparing it to the movie, or if you weren't at all. I've heard of it. I knew it existed, but I've never heard any of the songs, what kind of what the story was about. So I think we all have different totally different. Wa- perspectives. Okay. Yeah. And reactions. <laughs> yeah. Cuz for me, I I'm also like complicated on the movie. Uh but what Colby likes about it is what I don't like about it. Mm. I like the story aspect and the music. I don't like it technically at all. I think John M. Chu is a really bad director. I think he Whoa. sucks. Wow, he literally has and vast, vastly different he's, he's the worst. I hate him. He makes nothing but garbage, and it's just manufactured factory blah. I forgot. And what stuck with I me? We had this conversation. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and what stuck with me more was the music, really. Nothing visually is sticking with me at all. I just finished seeing it. I absolutely love how starkly contrasted all of our perspectives are. It's exactly what I was hoping for with this episode, because I am an agent of chaos, and (laughs) I can't wait to fight you guys. Let the chaos begin. (laughs) Um, But I mean, um, there were moments where I thought, okay, we're getting somewhere. There's a great, mm-hmm. um, there's like three scenes that I love. And then the rest of it, it's, for me, it's either it's good or it just, I f- forgot even exists, was even there. Okay, the that opening, sounds a little bit awesome. more, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt for you. I just said that sounds a Very little good. bit more realistic because your statements are like, I hate it. It was not memorable. <laughs> I think John M. Chu should die. And I don't think well, I don't like him. Ever. I've never liked John M. Chu. Do you no, not I like know, Crazy Rich Asians? I hate Crazy Rich yeah, Asians. I love it. that movie. Uh, I, it's I so like, boring. I feel like you're bringing your your previous qualms into this film, and I, I would like a more um, unbiased. Well, okay, so so I, that's why I think I would prefer the stage musical because I do think the story and the music here is good. Sadly, John M. Chu is getting in the way and making some really crappy camera decisions and editing choices and getting in the way of me enjoying this movie. So it's more of the fact of how it was presented visually and instead of musically, because it's well done. Well, Lin-Manuel Miranda, like we discussed, is very, very talented. I love the music. Uh, I love that it takes place in Washington Heights. I love the story that it's telling. It's it's a feel-good movie. It's a feel-good story. And I like that. And the opening, oh, so much fun. I was getting ramped i was getting into it but um i think an issue that many musicals have and i think i felt a little bit with this is that once they're singing you know it's high it's very the the um not the what is it like the emotion is so high and you're into it and then oh there's a plot and things kind of get a little boring and not as emotionally exciting but then, oh, another musical number comes out. Awesome, 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 fun. And back to story. Which I was... It took a while for me to kind of get invested into. Sebastian, have you ever seen a musical? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some do this well, very well. 
Okay. Not to spoil okay. anything, but the musical that Sebastian chose as his favorite today has no talking. It's just music. So I feel like this is a really good early insight into Sebastian's musical taste. Mm-hmm. Correct. But we're not going to give that away. Right. Great, um, great anecdote. But yeah, Sebastian, yeah. I mean, okay. most of the just like story forward, just talking scenes are added here. Like the whole subplot with the, um, with the, um, I don't know what to call him, like the bank guy, the loan guy that's helping out Usnavi with the, with the money for the bar. I don't believe any of that's in the original script for the musical, or at least it's very reduced. The whole subplot with Sonny's, um, with Sonny's dad and with his, um, immigration status that's all new that's all added the dad the sonny's dad is not a character in the musical um so i i agree with you i think you would appreciate the musical more yeah so for me i just saw it as a movie rather than oh this is being adapted from something that i like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and jesse Mm -hmm. are are you how familiar are you with the original musical um i have not seen the stage version. I knew some of the songs and I've seen like clips here and there of the stage version, but as far as like plot changes, I did not know um, that any of that was was adapted for film. Fantastic. So Jesse is totally <laughs> viewing this as a theater piece. Sebastian's totally viewing it as a film and I'm just viewing it as an adaptation of something I love. This is great. We have insanely different perspectives. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Wow, guys, but... make a great team. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a great debate club. Do you guys have anything else to add? Well, I feel like because we're so contrasted, we kind of have to like divide up our thoughts. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. Jesse, do you have, do you, was there anything else you wanted to say about how it worked for you as a musical? Let's be positive. Let's hear from the positive one. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this it's it's hard. Well, okay, it's interesting because like a lot of people in my industry are gonna be like really opinionated about movie musicals. I am a sucker for a feel good story, and I'm a sucker for crying in a film. And I actually sobbed at the end of this film. I thought it was so beautiful. But we also have to come at it from the perspective of the reason I don't have a ton of opinions is I wasn't head over heels in love with the stage production because I hadn't seen it so I think I probably would have a lot more opinions if I had fallen in love with the stage version first um but I have spoken with people who um were absolutely obsessed with uh the stage adaptation who loved this um this film and I I think the reason I I said that I think John M. Chu should be directing all every new musical from here on forward is like the the overwhelming response from the theater community is that he did the uh, stage production justice. And again, that seamless, the technical aspects I really enjoyed. And you have to, you have to care about the storyline and it making sense and appeasing the theater crowd in order to kind of make those seamless transitions. And I feel like he put his heart into it. Whereas a lot of uh, movie musicals are directed in order just to kind of get the story out there and not um, do justice to like Lin-Manuel Miranda's intentions. And maybe part of that is because he was a part of the process. I don't know. But um, anyway, I just felt like he did it justice. But again, I'm speaking mm-hmm. as from somebody who didn't, does not know the stage adaptation. That, yeah, that's completely fair. See, I feel like I, mean, I agree that John M. Chu did it justice. I, 
I think he did a good job with a lot of the musical numbers that in the original are very much reliant on the stage. Like the original musical all takes place on one street. The set doesn't change, right? He mm-hmm. expanded the, mm-hmm. the scale and the scope of this mm-hmm. neighborhood. And he, you know, he takes 96,000 and he puts it in a community pool. I thought he did a great job with that sequence. Mm-hmm. He takes um, uh, the sun, I think it's called Sunrise, the Nina and and Benny song. And he does this really cool, like imaginative dream sequence thing where they're running up the side of the building. And he takes Vanessa's song. I don't remember the name of it, unfortunately. The, the best number in the movie. The one with the with the big fabric coming off the buildings. No, 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 no. What I'm talking about at the end when they're walking up the the wall. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. It was La La Landish. It yeah. was like, I like the yeah, imagination yeah, yeah. of that. I like the imagination of the big rolls of fabric coming off the building. Um, he does a lot of really cool imaginative visual stuff with these musical numbers. My problem is simply with the screenplay. There's so much that's cut that I don't understand why it would be cut unless it was for time. And it can't be for time because they add a bunch of stuff. It's like, there's in the musical, the original musical, the major subplot is that uh, Nina's dad does not approve of Benny as a person or as a boyfriend for her daughter, for his daughter. That is not in here at all. Uh, There is no conflict between Benny and Nina's That's so odd. Hmm. Which, for me, made Nina and Benny's relationship really boring. And I didn't care about it as the main subplot of the movie because there's no conflict. She comes home. There's nothing. And he's like, love me. And she's like, but it's so hard. And there's this recurring line where he's like trying to hit on her and she goes shush let me listen to my block and i was like what does that mean that's so oh, God, I hate and that it's so <laughs> corny and like at the i i thought they did the sunrise song very well it's like a very nice dramatic love song but they keep talking about how they have to leave each other and how they can't be together and i didn't get why and in the original musical it's mm. so crystal clear yeah. that her dad doesn't approve of him because he's poor and he's uneducated and he wants her to be educated. Mm. But really, he doesn't realize that she's dropping out of school. And it's like, it, it all has to do with the expect the unfair expectations that he puts on her to elevate herself above the barrio and become educated mm-hmm. when when she doesn't feel that that's necessary. When she doesn't feel, like, he, he uh, hates his own situation so much financially and, and is so ashamed that he can't provide financially for her as much as he'd like to that he wants her to like be better than he ever could be but that's like an unfair amount of pressure to put on her when she's a teenager that wants to just be with her boyfriend right Right, and that's really well done and in the musical her mother this is not a spoiler for the movie it's like in the trailers it's from the beginning in the movie her mother's dead and is not a character and they reference her sometimes uh Mm -hmm. in the musical she is a main character (laughs) and (laughs) she's very involved in the plot between Benny and her dad. And when I heard that they were taking her out of the musical, I was like, who's going to be the one that gets them to make up because in the musical, that's her. Like she's the one that gets Benny's Mm -hmm. dad or Nina's dad to stop being a jerk to Benny and resolves that subplot. And then they just didn't do the subplot at all. And then there's these added subplots about Vanessa's like, like, 
fashion, fashion business, thing? which yeah. I didn't dislike. Again, I really like that whole fabric but it didn't really go imaginative sequence. Anywhere? I thought the Did dresses it? at the end were neat, but yeah, it was just underdeveloped. Um, yeah. Sonny's subplot is, is completely new. Um, the, the whole thing with Usnavi's dad's bar is very much in the musical. It's just mm-hmm. a bit more vague and they like add more, I think, unnecessary detail to it here with like the financial guy. Um, and I don't want to spoil it, but there's one major plot point, one major, major plot point. I don't, I don't know. How, I want to think of how I can say it, that it's like, if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, we can say, skip to the you, Yeah, I was going to say, we can do a little. Okay. Spoiler warning. warning. In both versions, um, Abuela wins the lottery and then dies and leaves all of the lottery money to Usnavi so that he can use mm. it to move to the Dominican Republic. That happens True. in both versions. But in the original musical, she tells him that she won the lottery and gives him the money before she dies. And that really heavily influences all of Usnavi's decisions oh. going forward. That is a huge difference. Wow. Yeah, because... Now he has this weight on his back that it's like, she's dead and she entrusted me with this money and is expecting me to go to the Dominican Republic. It gives more pressure on him to do that, to like fulfill her dream for him. In the movie musical, or I'm sorry, in the movie, well, yeah, in the movie version, he makes all of these decisions not knowing that she won. And he keeps like vaguely beating around the bush about who won. And then he only finds out that she won at the very end of the at movie, the when he's already on mm-hmm. his way to the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. after she's dead. Yeah. And it's like this twist. And it's weird because it's unfulfilling as a twist. It feels like a total deus ex machina. It, like, yeah, because it's of, like, he's already going? <laughs> yeah, it kind of unjustifies his decisions. And it, it, like, takes away the extremely strong midpoint of the musical. I just don't understand why they did that. I really can't wrap my head That's around that decision. Mm. Um, I, uh, that's all the main differences I can think of right now. I, right. I don't, I don't like them. <laughs> I really don't like them. No, I mean, when speaking of that, that sounds like wasted potential, honestly. Yeah. yeah that's too I, bad. I think the original script is pretty much perfect. And I, again, I like, I recognize that it's a thing that I'm attached to and I'm just inherently reluctant to see it change. But I, I honestly think it would yeah. have worked just fine completely unchanged and john and still mm-hmm. could have like moved some sequences to other parts of the neighborhood and given that mm-hmm. imaginative visual style and it would have worked well right yeah yeah sebastian what about you you talk uh now that you say that that makes making me like it less honestly <laughs> i'm i'm starting to fade same Maybe starting to fade away <laughs> i'm like, like oh a, dang i don't want to make you guys like um, it less i'm sorry <laughs> I, I mean, it's I not like, I, I don't know, but, um, yeah, not much to say for me. I, I prefer the classic way of that movie musicals were filmed and done where it was just kind of presented like done in long takes and, um, like kind of like how La La Land did it, where it's just, this is the people dancing. This is them doing it now and let watch them perform live, almost like a Broadway show. Rather than all these cuts, all these angles. And to me, it kind of takes away the magic of them performing it live 
learning the steps and all doing it all in one take. Uh, Mamma Mia, Baz Luhrmann's stupid movies. Um, this <laughs> I, even, I forget, I hate Baz Luhrmann. But I, um, I sometimes I, like. I don't think he's a very good director, but I enjoy watching no. his movies so much because I think it's what cocaine must feel like. Oh, I agree. Oh, oh <laughs> yes, especially um, what is it? Romeo plus Juliet. That one's insane. Oh my god, I love it. That it's is not good. <laughs> crack, but um. I don't know. I prefer that over like digital looking, you know, quick cut. And then not that every moment had quick cuts. There were, there were, there were plenty of moments where I thought, okay, this is, this is, this is good. This isn't bad. But I, I don't know. It's, I, it, I visually, I can't think of much. I, I, I'm, I'm only remembering Ooh. the, the dance on the, on the wall. I love the moment and when Abuelita was singing, that was probably my favorite moment in the movie because I, I have a great close what relationship about the... with my Tita. With what? What about the pool scene? The Old Navy commercial? <laughs> <laughs> That's all it was for me. Oh I was like, God. this is an Old Navy commercial. That's good. That's good. <laughs> with more but, than one um, random jump scares. Correct. Sure. Yes, I saw that tweet. It's yeah, I'm stealing that joke. Hell. That's not my joke. That's from a letterbox review. Yeah, um, but <laughs> um, again, it's not like it pissed me off or anything. It wasn't like The Greatest Showman where it was just it just completely. Uh, I'm trying. I lost the words. Don't that, don't, that. don't I, get into your I, feelings I, I, on I, The I Greatest Showman. I don't want to get into we it. We could do but, a different um, debate episode about Greatest Showman. I think go. Alex really likes that too. <laughs> so we could do me and Seb versus you and Alex. That'd be fun. That do you not like Greatest Showman either? Amazing. No, I hate it. It's stupid. Oh, I I wish you could high five I, you. Yes, of course it's stupid. That's the point. It's just good family, clean family fun, okay? But it, it's That's so close to being so, so good. Like there's, it's there's missed potential and it's like a fingertip away. And we'll do okay, another episode. You know what? For real. Yeah, That'd be fun. Just, Save it's like it, it's it, like a mile away from being good, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's uh overall I think I enjoyed it, but now that you say that, Colby, it's like dang that they had such great, great material to work from, and now that I'm thinking about it, not much of it, I was truly invested in. The music I think was awesome. I was I was pumped up for most of the songs, but I, I don't think I'm ever gonna see this again. I'll just say this as my last negative thing, and then I'll I'll stop being negative about In the Heights forever because I only have so much energy. Um, the yeah. last song of In the Heights, which I'm somehow now forgetting the name of. What's the last song called? It's called Finale. (laughs) 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 Um, The last song, which is called Finale, is a song, and this is true, if I listen to it in any context, if I'm watching the musical, if I'm just listening to it on Spotify, I will uncontrollably cry. I don't think I've ever heard the Finale song of In the Heights without crying. It hits me very hard and very personally. Colby, I didn't know you had these feelings about this production. Just literally, when you and I were in 
um, high school plays together, if I had a scene where I had to cry before going on stage for that scene, I would put it on Spotify backstage and listen to it. You're kidding me. That's true. Nice. That scene is like very emotional for me. And the movie's version of that, where he's like with the kids at the, at the fountain, I felt nothing. Nothing. It was so empty. I was like, and I, I would too, I would too, if I wasn't just comparing it, I'm sure. Although I didn't like the weird fake out thing where they keep showing you him in the Dominican Republic and they make you think that that they're going to change the ending from the musical. And then they just don't. I felt like that was pointless. But yeah, I, just, yeah. I was so odd, disappointed. Think of it from my perspective, who doesn't even know that he's not in the Dominican Republic, okay? Right. As a twist, it's, like, it's right. the very, most beautiful thing ever. Yeah, as a yeah. twist, it's, like, Sorry, very we're, emotional. We're spoiling a lot. It's very... I already did. I already said spoiler warning. Yeah. Yeah, but do they know that means the entire podcast? Yeah, if Let's I hope. say spoiler warning, it means from here on out until the end i'll put okay, a thing in the, all right, all right, until the right, next i'll put a thing topic. in the bio of the video but yeah i felt nothing yeah. i was very dissatisfied <laughs> and that was like the moment that i decided like oh i it's gonna be hard for me to give this movie any kind of a good review because whatever positive things i have to say about it it's outweighed by the fact that that song should have made me cry because it always has and mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. did it this time <laughs> yeah i get you these are some great thoughts guys I have much to think about. I want to rewatch it now with like a more cynical viewpoint. I, my one positive thing that I want to make sure I say, because it's that it needs credit. Olga Meredith, who plays Abuela and is the only returning mm-hmm. cast member from Great. the original Broadway cast, is Great. perfect in this movie. She's Great. so good. Amen. She yep. made me cry. That made yeah, me cry. Yeah, her song yeah. is the one part that actually made me cry and made me get emotional. Yeah, yeah. And she always has. I. Right. She reminds me so much of my actual Cuban immigrant grandmother. It's like me too. Her her me performance too. in the original always makes me very emotional because it's personal for me. And yeah, if I was too. rating this movie solely on the accuracy of the Cuban food, it would be a ten out of ten. I have never <laughs> in my life seen Cuban ropa vieja uh, portrayed with such care and authenticity in a movie and I felt seen and we I felt need to heard, look up the, and it made the me so designer. happy. Wow, that's awesome. The food designer. Food designer? I don't know, do they have, that's, that's a thing? Of Probably. Of course it's a thing, yeah. It must be. Most Maybe likely. that would fall under production design because it's a prop. I think it's production yeah. design, it was like props and stuff, yeah. They did a great job. Man, oh my god, it looked exactly True, like my grandma's Robe Vieja. It was amazing. I wanted I to it. eat the screen. <laughs> please do not uh, try this um, at home do not yeah do it <laughs> um should we rate it now sure Jess what would you uh, rate it out of 10 oh my gosh that's a lot of pressure oh we're gonna do that for all the movies sorry I didn't tell you that uh, yeah. ahead of time uh, well, uh, what's your rating for my film huh uh, I, uh, I just told oh, you I haven't five seen out it out of 10 because Exactly. From what I've seen, like a six seven. or a seven? Wow. I'll I'd rate the seven. stage production okay. like a six. Okay, that hurts a little bit. But that was uh, just the one <laughs> I saw. And I saw a really okay. weird revival version of it where they like tried to modernize it. Wait, was that, right. was that on Broadway? The music's good. Yeah, I saw the Broadway saw, revival in, 20, in early 2020. So it wasn't good. Well, anyway. You gave it a six out of ten. You have to have loved the original. Colby, just like, just like, Okay. Um, I'm going to give this film a 7.5. Mm, an 8. I'm going to give it an 8. 
Final yeah. answer. Sebastian? Uh, uh, five or four. Damn. Um, I was going to be a six, but now that you mentioned that, and since I just watched it, it's fading away. Tomorrow, I'm not going to remember this. Maybe a five or a four. I didn't hate it. I didn't, um, it wasn't, like, irritating, but it was, uh, I, I saw potential of it being amazing. But John M. Chu got in the way. Avoid John. Kobe? Um... Maybe five or six. I mean, I know that seems pretty high because I was really mean to it. But there's like, like I said, it's very well made. I just don't like the screenplay for very personal reasons. But like, right, right, right. I think I gave it a six on Letterboxd when I saw it. After you talking did. about yeah. this, I feel like it, it more deserves a five. Um, <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what Anthony Ramos does. He's very talented. Um, yeah, I like And Corey Hawkins, who good. played Benny, is playing Macduff later this year in a version of Macbeth directed by Joel Cohen. And that sounds rad. So Whoa. everyone in this movie, I think, should go on to do some cool things. I hope Melissa Barrera and Leslie Grace get some cool roles. I think Leslie Grace is There's up for Melissa Batwoman Barrera. right now. Oh, they will. They will. No yeah, doubt. I like the cast. I thought John M. Chu did yeah, solid. they're good. But I'm going to give it a yeah. five, I guess. Go see it. <laughs> if you haven't. All right. Now, let's move on to the Umbrellas portion of this podcast episode, the Umbrellas-themed like section. Now, Colby? Yes? Let's speak about your favorite movie musical. What is it? Yes, let's. My favorite movie musical is Cats 2019. And the reason... <laughs> um, oh, wow. If you couldn't tell, that was sarcasm. My favorite movie musical is the 1952 Gene Kelly film... Um, Singing in the Rain. I am currently sitting at my desk recording this under a very large poster of Singing in the Rain. Um, it, it's nice. And me and Seb are sitting right next to him. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, we're all together. I'm touching the poster right now as we speak. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Oh, no, I ripped the poster. Colby, you're gonna, you, you need a new poster. <laughs> what the hell, dude? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Dumb. I've had that for like eight so years. <laughs> Sim- this seems to be a theme this episode, but Singing in the Rain is very personal to me. And I'll be upfront with the fact that I don't think it's the best movie musical ever made, but it, it has extreme mm-hmm. sentimental value to me. And I'll, ba- I'll mainly just be talking about my personal story with it, which is that... Yeah, because I saw that you lowered your rating on Letterboxd. I was like, what? I did. My most recent uh, viewing of it, which is the first time I'd watched it in a couple years was when I watched right. it a couple days ago for this recording. I felt like I, I appreciated it less as a film. Like parts of it are extremely well shot. Mainly the, the specifically like contained theatrical sequences are like yeah, have amazing course. cinematography, but a lot of it is more bland looking than I remembered. And hmm. my favorite character in it, which is Kathy played by Debbie Reynolds is much more underdeveloped in the movie than in the stage productions of it, which is the only way I've watched it for the last couple of years. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that is, because I don't think the script is much different in the stage production. But um, yeah, I I still really loved it, of course. I just, I would, I'm now willing to admit that I don't think it's the best one ever made. But the reason it's so special to me is because when I was six years old, or something like that, six or seven, um, it was my grandparents' anniversary. It was some big number, probably 50. 
and my parents wanted to surprise them. So they found out that a theater near us was doing like a special anniversary screening of Singing in the Rain, which was my, my grandpa's favorite movie when it came out in the 50s. Love it. So they they surprised them by like taking the whole family to see it. And they were like, Nyan and Papa, you guys are going to get to show all the grandkids this fa- this favorite movie of yours. And so it was me and my three cousins who were all under, I think, 10. And like all my aunts and uncles sitting in this little movie theater watching Singing in the Rain. First of all, it was the first like old classic movie I had seen at a theater and one of the first ones I had ever seen. So as a six-year-old, I go into it being like, well, this is going to be boring. And I, it was probably my first movie musical. Well, other than like, you know, there's like most the kids Disney movies. movies are musicals, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Mu- musical, yeah, musical. Classic musical. Yeah. Yes. Like a musical. Right. And while all of my cousins completely fell asleep and all of my like aunts and uncles and my grandparents Ooh. did too, I was the only one in the theater that stayed awake the whole time because I was so enthralled by it. Like I did nice. not know that a classic movie, an old movie from before I was born could be this exciting. I love it. And wow. it was like about things. I didn't understand what golden age Hollywood was. I didn't understand what silent movies and talkies were. I didn't, I didn't get it. It just like enthralled me at such a young age. I was so entranced by it. Mm-hmm. And I went home and I spent that whole week as a kid, like doing Donald O'Connor impressions for my mom. Like I just, that might be what, like, I guess that probably is like what ignited uh, me. Like, is that, the, is that the reason I did theater when I was six years old? I don't know. That might be. Maybe. Yeah, anyways, That's awesome. I, that, love I, I loved it, and I've, I I had watched it, like, multiple times since then, but it had been a couple years uh, since I last watched it when I watched it this week, and even if there's, like, some parts of it that I don't actually think hold up as well, it's always going to hold that incredibly special place as my heart in my... Yeah, of course. Special place in my heart as the movie that, like, let me know that classic movies are cool and musicals are cool and old stuff is cool. And you just felt something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was probably the first theatrical experience I ever had that I like really felt something. You were transported. Passionate. Yeah. yeah. That's what like. That's beautiful, Colby. That's Thank what you. opened up future passions and future love for the rest of your life, honestly, which I think is great. All right. I'm hey, trying Colby. to beat that with your guys' first viewing stories. <laughs> Good luck. Colby. What's up? You know how the finale of In the Heights like makes you sob mm-hmm. fervently. This story is my new finale. Damn. <laughs> Good thing this is recorded so that you can listen to Thank it whenever you, you have to go on stage yeah. and cry. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. You've done me a service. You're welcome. I'm surprised I haven't told you the story before because I I watched you in this musical. That you did. I did. That would have been weird, though, if I was like, congrats, here's my um, origin story. You didn't know me when you saw me in this musical. <laughs> oh, that's true. I forgot. This is the first thing you saw me in, right? That, this like, is you didn't our know first me. interaction as human beings. I saw you in this. Our and then first met interaction you, like... ever was this musical. Yeah, and you wow. didn't even see me in it. So it was pretty parasocial. No. Wow. <laughs> okay, big brain words. I loved your story, Colby. I think this is just yeah, a, awesome. a classic, but it's a classic for a reason. Um, it's got, obviously, some a star-studded cast. 
it's fun, it's um, unique, it's got a fun storyline, it's got beautiful Very costumes. interesting storyline, too. It's Yeah. One of my yeah. favorite roles I've ever played was Lena Lamont in this musical. I think that she is comedic gold. She is so fun to play. She's so... She's classic, but she's uh, somehow still so hilarious. So. And she received an Oscar nomination for this movie. She did? Yeah. The more you um, know. Me, for her. Uh, Jean Hagen. She did a great job. Good for her. Yeah. Um, I, it's a... It's a it's, uh, there are three images that encapsulate Hollywood. Chaplin... Wizard of Oz, uh, Dorothy in her shoes, and Singing in the Rain. Went um, Gene Kelly, Singing in the Rain. And this is the ultimate Hollywood movie. I mean, what can you say about it? It has. It's about Hollywood. It's about an interesting time during Hollywood. Um, there have been other movies about this story, the artist, and even Damien Giselle is making one called Babylon, which I look forward to. But... Um, I watched this for the first time in film class in high school. The, uh, obviously, I've heard of it, and it's, I mean, it's Singing in the Rain, it's like Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind. You know what I mean? It's one of those movies that you know about. You basically have seen it, but you've never seen it. And um, I was, you, you know, when you first watch a movie, especially this, you appreciate the dance numbers, especially Donald O'Connor with Make Him Laugh. Holy yes. crap, that made such an impression on me. That is um, genuine course, comedic the, genius. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, just the overall feel-good nature of it, it's a, it's a feel-good movie. It's a movie that literally is happiness. <laughs> it makes me so happy. There's just moments... Where they just, it's a musical, it's a flat out musical where moments, like when, what's his face, Gene Kelly is um, speaking to the producers about the musical that he wants to make. And then it shows that very musical and it's like 20 minutes, 30 minutes long. It's not, I mean, it's, then it, I think it's like eight, but it feels like that. It just, but it feels like yeah, that because like it becomes this... its own, like another movie almost. Mm-hmm. And then it comes right back to that pitch meeting and it's like, oh yeah, yeah that's right. there's this movie playing but it I love how experimental it can be sometimes like that there's not not a single word of dialogue during those moments I think it's gorgeously shot it's I love the the sets obviously the classic Hollywood sets Mm -hmm. Um, I do agree in the sense of story wise it's I wouldn't say bland but it's not Besides the actual talkie version, like the actual love story of it is, it's fine. You know, it's, it's cute. It's nothing new. But um, I think everything else just kind of outweighs that completely. It's, it's, it's perfect. I adore this movie. It's, it's one of those movies where it's just like, the, I mean, they don't make them like this anymore. They really don't. It's just... It's a. It's of the era, but it's timeless at the same time. And it's also one of those movies that has so many interesting behind-the-scenes facts, like Gene Kelly oh, having yeah. a what, like a one hundred and four fever during the iconic scene, and Debbie Reynolds didn't know how to tap dance before this film, and Gene Kelly, who's Crazy. obviously, and Donald O'Connor, who are like 
absolute legends in uh, mm-hmm. all areas of dance taught her to the point where her feet bled and she had to be carried to her trailer every night. Like it's, it's just, it was, it's one of those films where it's like, I think they probably, I'd be interested to know if they knew they were creating such magic when they were creating it because the right. stakes were so high. And I don't know, maybe that's more of a, um, a comment on working conditions at the time, yeah. but it is. Yeah. yeah. There's some horror stories from this movie. Yeah. It's incredibly interesting that a movie that was, that is so iconic and such a pivotal, um, addition to film, I guess, is, uh, mm-hmm. has so many interesting facts about it. Yeah. And with the idea of like, oh, I wonder if they knew they were making this magic thing. I think if you look at all of Gene Kelly's work, he, he was always trying really hard to, like, I don't know if people he always around did him, his 110% for everything. Yeah. I don't know if people around him totally got it at the time, but I feel like with this and American Paris and his other musicals, his goal was always like, I want it to feel like magic. I want people to think, how did that happen? Like, I, how did they do it? I want to make it iconic. I, I really think that he did have that in mind. Like, he wasn't just thinking about the film that he wanted to make individually. He wasn't just thinking about like, how's it going to play with audiences? I, I feel like he always had in mind, like, how is this going to age in 40 years, 50 years, 60 years? And I think that's why he, as a as a director and star, was able to give his movies right. such like a, a iconoclast visual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, style. I think like like another artist that has that mentality and just kind of goes forward. Completely the opposite is Jackie Chan. I mean, when you watch, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys have seen Jackie Chan's movies, but mm. he gives it his 150% in all of his movies, his action scenes. He's just completely, you know, uh, he wants it all real. He wants it in a wide yeah. shot. He, he will do it until it's perfect. He will do as many takes as it gets because he says, you know, film is forever. <laughs> it really is. Like that, that, what you get, the final shot that you get, that final cut, that's going to be there forever. So it's got to be good. And mm-hmm. I think all of the greats have that mentality. David Fincher, I know for sure, is like that. Friggin' Stanley Kubrick was like that. And for Gene Kelly to be like that with his dancing, I, I mean, I'm not shocked at all. And it shows definitely in not just this, but in everything that he does. It's just, it pays off. Like, sure, like, we hear the horror stories of, like, all these takes and feet bleeding, but that's what it takes for it to be spoken about and loved to this very day, I think. And so I, I definitely... That's very true. I can definitely appreciate that. It's it's also fascinating to read those stories because there is a level where it gets dangerous. Like, with Ke- with Kelly and Kubrick, they have kind of a bad history with, like, directing their female leads, aggre- like, very aggressively. Yeah. And with Jackie oh, yeah. Chan, it's like he would literally risk his life for oh, yeah. a 10-second shot. Like, in Police Story... There's that scene where he slides down the pole around all those lights. Oh my and he God. literally electrocuted himself. Literally, yes. It's he, insane. I he love literally it. electrocuted himself and like went to the hospital and had a super near fatal incident because they were like, Don't do this yeah. scene. It's way too dangerous. Or like do it fake. And he was like, No, 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 I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it for real. And he just did it. Yeah. He <laughs> and, did it. And, then and it ended up in the movie. When you watch the, the, movie, the movie, it ends up showing it like six times because it's yeah. like, I almost died in this. We're gonna show this six times. 
but um yeah i agree with you i think singing in the rain like you can really see the level of commitment behind it yeah. from the main three from the main four leads and uh donald o'connor man ugh, the way he jumps through those walls and like does these crazy <laughs> movements like his that is a master class in physical comedy if you're trying to be a comedian right. of any kind you have to sit down and watch donald o'connor in this movie you will learn everything you need to know mm -hmm. yeah and i just love old movie dialogues just the way they sound it's so awesome hi there sport how you doing i'm doing jolly well uh -huh. i don't know i love that it's so it's it's of its time i think we mentioned that like with mank and with king kong it's just there's something about the charm of the dialect mm -hmm. it's, it's so wonderful this is one of those movies that's like a period piece for a time that isn't that long ago from when it was made which is funny it came out right, in 1952 right, right, right. It's all about um, the twenties. The late, yeah, the late twenties, which is kind of it's weird to think that it's like that's the equivalent of now then making again, a movie about people the, now make movies about the eighties. The eighties, yeah, which they do. There's I guess Stranger the, yeah. Things. There's there's you know all these horror movies. They're you know they're kind of trying to harken back to a time not too long ago. Yeah. So I, it's not too, it's not too different or it's not too, uh, like it's not unheard of. Does that make sense? Of course. Um, for those who don't know, the plot of this movie is that Gene Kelly, who plays Don Lockwood, is a, a famous actor. Uh, Donald O'Connor's character, Cosmo Brown, is his, his like, partner that uh, does all the music for his movies. He's a silent film actor along with Lena Lamont, who is like his staged paparazzi fiance, but they're not actually in a relationship. Um, mm -hmm. and when the new invention of talkies comes around and the studio wants them to make a talkie, uh, they run into trouble because Lena's voice is horrific. And, um, <laughs> at the same time, Don Lockwood has started dating, um, this, this aspiring actress named Kathy, who has a delightful voice. And so, um, crazy antics ensue when, when basically Lena's fall from, from fame happens as Kathy's rise for, into fame happens because of their voices and it's all kind of orchestrated by Lockwood and and uh Brown. It's fun. Right. <laughs> it's fun. It's super fun. Yeah. It's 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 cute. It's great. I, I love that it brings in history but like uh adds in newer original characters which Quentin Tarantino did recently with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and what Damien Chazelle is going to do with Babylon which I can't wait viewing this recently i felt like it was a much more of an influence on tarantino than i ever realized or that i would expect because it's like so not his style but the boldness mm -hmm. the bold choice to do that like eight minute cutaway sequence when he's talking about the movie that they're gonna make that has like no dialogue and then you just cut back to the scene that you were in eight minutes ago that happens in, like, in once upon a time in hollywood exactly and like in most of Tarantino's yeah, movies that's true I feel like, um, yeah, like even if you didn't get it directly from this, it's like that that path had to be paved for it to, for that to be a thing you're like allowed to do. In yeah, film. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's true. I didn't think about that. That's true. I like it. For heaven's sake! Oh, I'm sick. I can't. Oh. Do it. That was, was that? my Lena. Are you trying to do the Lena voice? I was, but I'm sick right now. It, it, catch me on a better day.
Okay. I'll I'll do it. Yeah, this is my fault. I'm sorry. Okay. Ready? What? <clears throat> I can try again. Wait, I'm not ready. <clears throat> is it copyrighted? I, am... I can't do it. What? You go. What do you think I am? Dumb or something? What's the big idea? You go. What do yeah, you think I good. am? Dumb or something? There it is. That, that perfect. Was, that was it. Perfect. That was perfect. That took it out of me. She just dies. <laughs> <laughs> she died doing what she loved. <laughs> I'm gonna go it's out. Been an honor. We have to rate singing in the rain. Uh, uh, ten out of ten. I love it. It's perfect. I love it. it it's so good. Um, yeah, ten out of ten. It's a classic. Jesse. Nine point five. I like it. Uh, I'd give it probably an eight or a nine for actual quality, but a twelve out of ten for sentimental value. Oh, of course. I like it. So, okay. hey, um, buddy, um, oh, yeah. funny coincidence, um, what's your uh, uh, favorite movie musical? Does it also feature umbrellas, <laughs> by chance? <laughs> funny you should ask, homie, because uh, it doesn't. Um, but uh, now, of is course, um, my favorite movie musical is called The Umbrellas of Chavog. It's a French film directed by Jacques Demy from 1964. It is a, it's part of the French New Wave from the 60s, um, you know, from filmmakers like Francois Truffaut, Jean-Luc Godard, and of course, Jacques Demy, who were, they were French critics, uh, film critics, and you know what, and they saw the movies that Americans were making, they said, you know what, we can do better, let's make the movies that we want to see, and so Jean-Luc Godard would make films He'll make his own gangster type of films. Francois Truffaut would make coming of age stuff, and Jack Demy made musicals, and they were basically kind of just. Um, I know I just kind of said that they would. It's almost like a critique on the American way of making movies, but it was almost like a love letter to the studio system of America. So the film is about, um, it's basically a young love story. It's a guy named Guy <laughs> who works at, um, he's basically a mechanic and he's in love with Genevieve, I believe is her name. Yeah, Genevieve, who's played by the gorgeous Catherine Deneuve. And they're young and they're in love. And she is, she works at this umbrella store called the Umbrella Sushore Borg with her mom. And the setup is that of a typical romance drama. Two young people are in love. He's poor. She's not, as well, in a way. The mother does not approve. She sees this rich man. She prefers that man for her daughter. And you kind of know where it's going to go. Or do we? Now, we're going to get into spoilers with this. But... Um, Essentially, that's not what happens. It, I think this film features one of, if not the, I wouldn't say darkest, but the most realistic love stories ever told in a movie. It is, you strip away any of the music, music of the movie, any of the gorgeous visuals, any of that, and it still works as this great, real, and raw love story about heartbreak, about youth, about all that 
lovely, lovely feelings. And, um, but it's told in a way like how it would in the 50s by Gene Kelly or Stanley Donnan or Vincent Minnelli, how they would, uh, it was just, the backgrounds are just bright, technicolor. Like this movie, it looks so good you can taste it. You know what I mean? It, it looks tastes delicious. like candy. It looks like taffy. <clears throat> it's incredibly gorgeous, this movie. It's the most vibrant and colorful movie I think I've ever seen. It's like every shot so. is a is like uh just drenched vibrant. in a primary it's a candy color. Store. It's yes. God, it's so good. It's gorgeous. It's filmed so perfectly with smooth camera angles. Just the acting is very well done and essentially at the end of the movie the two don't end up together. She gets pregnant with him. He goes off to war. She waits for him. But during that time, she's influenced by her mom to marry the guy, the rich guy. And she moves on. He comes back. And he realizes that she's moved on. But as life has it, he moves on also. Many years later, they meet up together with their own kids. And that's how it ends. It ends with him having his gas his own um, gas station, really, his own his gas shop, because which is what he wanted with his family, with his kids, and her with her own kid, with her own husband. And it's, it's genuinely one of the most devastating movies I've ever seen. It's one of the few movies that I, that truly captures that feeling of heartbreak. I bawl with this movie, especially having gone through heartbreak several times, it hurts to watch this movie. There's, I'm going to stop talking. I, I, I want to know what you think of it, Kobe. Oh, I loved it. You've been telling me to watch this movie for like literally five years since I met yeah. you. You told me that you need to watch this and I didn't watch it until last weekend in preparation right. for this episode. I really loved it. Um, I was really blown away by it. Again, how gorgeous it is. But I love the simplicity of it. I was really mm -hmm. surprised by that. Like, I really did not expect that, both musically and story-wise. Like, what you, what you said about the story, that's pretty much all there is. There's essentially, like, three yeah. plot points. There's not a subplot. It's a simple, There's simple There's very story. little going on. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a melodrama in that way, where... Melodrama like, opera. Yes, the, th the three acts of the movie are just dwelling on like one plot point each and the characters mm -hmm. kind of vent about how they feel about those. And I, that doesn't sound very appealing, but it really works in this movie somehow. And the right. music is very operatic, like you said. It There's kind of just one through line. Like there, It doesn't feel like there's individual songs. There's just mm -hmm. kind of always music happening and the characters are just kind of singing uh, instead of talking, but they're not super concerned with rhyming, like. Right, right. Okay, so every word in this movie is sung. Every yeah. single word. There's not like a musical number and then back to plot musical number. No, every word, whether or not it rhymes, is sung. It's like, hey, Kobe, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Stuff like that. The waiter sings to them the mechanics sing to them and random people. It's that, that's what I mean uh, that I think this is like the ultimate 
movie musical in that it's just completely high in emotion throughout. There's never a down point. I mean, there are down there there are definitely moments where things slow down a little bit, sure. But it never feels like it halts, at least the the musical aspect of it, which is the forefront of any movie musical, it should be the music, I think. And it, it just carry carries through throughout the movie. And I think it's it can be definitely uh hard to get used to at first because you're like wait what every word's gonna be sung oh, oh okay like you're not used to that and 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 being in french and subtitles but at some point you kind of forget and you kind of hopefully you kind of fall in love with it and you go along with it to the point where at the end you're a horrible mess <laughs> but uh yeah sorry keep, keep going colby no no you're good um by the way, if you're listening to this and you hear that it's all sung and you're getting flashbacks to the Les Miserables movie, we promise it works better here than it does there. It, I don't way I, better. I I wish I could tell you what it is. I wish I could be like, this is what this movie does right. This is the practical reason that it works. This is how you do this kind of movie. I don't know, man. Like I shouldn't like this movie. I don't like opera. Um, <laughs> I don't really like <laughs> when songs don't rhyme. I don't generally care for melodrama or at least i'm just like not into and like experienced in the genre of melodrama but this movie works so well for me i was so immersed part of that is because it's short it's a very like efficient efficiently written movie which i like yeah yeah it's a simple story it's like hour Mm -hmm. and a half long i think and the visuals help like you said it's just like they're so gorgeous it's if this movie didn't have subtitles, I wouldn't know what was going on, but I would still enjoy it. I would still watch it for an hour and a half and never look away from the screen. It's just, it's... Right. It's just so mm-hmm. visually delicious. <laughs> Scrumptious. It's, I think, like, to me, this is, this is going to sound super pretentious. This is cinema. That is funny. Cinema. I think. It's like, what Martin Scorsese says. It's Cinema. Like if aliens were to come down and say, "What the what the hell is cinema?" This is the perfect example, and I'm and I say that because this doesn't work on paper, it really doesn't. Like a movie right. where everything is sung, uh, none of this works on paper. This only could work and only be experienced through the movies. Like you said, you don't typically like opera, you don't like melodramas. The fact, the thought of having everything sung, it's like what. But it works because all of these art forms are coming together to make this ultimate art form, which is a movie. And yeah, I I, I think also, I, I think it's just perfectly also just captures, like I mentioned earlier, the feeling of heartbreak, like to a T. The longing of that first love, thinking how your life is going to be and the harsh reality of, Nope, that's not what's going to happen. And having to deal with that at a young age and feeling that, holy crap. Like, I, I don't think there's any other movie for me that deals with it so perfectly to the point where I, I'm just, like, crying almost uncontrollably. It's insane. I mean, it's. I want to say it's, like, heartbreaking because it is, you know. They don't end up yeah. together and it's very sad. But I I do feel like there's a kind of bittersweetness Um. And this obviously yeah. La La Land is extremely inspired by this movie, but that's just an easy comparison. Yeah, this was, this was Damien Chazelle's main 
inspiration. Like, this is where I heard of the movie. Like, when I saw La La Land, I was like, what is this? This is great. And I searched up everything of what inspired this. And this was, like, the main thing. Yeah, and he doesn't hide it. I gotta watch that movie now. His first movie is called Guy and Madeline, which is the name of two of the characters in this movie. Like, the two, exactly. This is probably his favorite movie. I'm not even kidding. It must be. Um... But yeah, it's the the ending has this kind of touch of bittersweetness to it. Like I don't, I'm not super upset at the end. Like I don't, I'm not like, oh my god, I I, no, I no, hate no. this ending. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's it's beautiful. It's, it's sad, but it's beautiful. It's, yeah. yeah, it's like a beautiful. I, I, it doesn't. Um, I don't know. I like that this movie takes a relationship that, if you were to talk about this relationship in the greater like scale of both these people's lives, mm. it it would feel small but yeah it make it i don't know it 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 shows just like the the beauty even in small or short-lived or unsuccessful relationships like exactly like, yes. i feel like this movie is an argument that every human interaction is inherently beautiful and it's just perfect it perfect. just romanticizes um it sounds stupid to say like romanticizes love because it's like that's what love is. It's it's romance, but it's like. But it does. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. What While you're saying. also being like it romant- romanticizes that emotion, but being real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that yeah, it's uh, it's perfect. I think it's perfect. I, it's great. It's a. Or what I saying? haven't seen any other Jacques Demy movies, but just based on this, like I can pretty confidently say that he's an all-time great director. I don't yeah if he had only made this one thing i would still consider him an all-time great director just from this one thing i think it's one of the most well-directed movies i've ever seen honestly yeah it's one of the greatest like the best directed movies it's so everything is purposeful it's so smooth it's gorgeous uh, it's inspired i it's uh... I hate it, but it's cinema. It really is. Cinema. Like this is what, this is why you go to the movies. You know, these are the stories that you want to see told. Jess, did you have anything you wanted to say about Umbrellas of Shared Board? So, <laughs> I watched this film, a synopsis of this film, because I am not currently at my home, and I didn't realize it was a Blu-ray that Seb let me borrow. So I was sitting down to watch it, and I was like, Seb <laughs> gave me a bad disc, and he was like, "It's a Blu-ray," and I'm like, "I'm an idiot." All the descriptive words you said about the visuals were, like, spot on. I think that the designers really focused on perfection. Like, I was noticing her hair looks so perfect. Everything about the film is very, very um, visually uh, calculated. And that's really fun to watch Mm -hmm. because I think that that's rare to have something so, um, like, such eye candy. It was really, really cool. That's pretty much all I have on it, though. Almost because literally. Because I know the plot. Yeah, and that's fine. Like. <laughs> I definitely recommend you seeing it, though. When when you get home, please watch it. I promise. I, I will. It. I will. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, when you're saying about her hair, Catherine Deneuve is science fictionally gorgeous <laughs> in this movie. Holy crap. She's gorgeous in this. It's insane. I love her. Have you seen her in anything else, Kobe? No, I don't think so. She's in Polanski horror film Repulsion, which I think is awesome too. I know she's in other things, but those are the only two movies that I've seen her in. Uh, this and Repulsion. Gorgeous actress, great actress. 
Um, but um, yeah, Jesse, watch it, please. It's oh, it's good, I, I absolutely think. will, especially after your commentary on it. Awesome. Um, yeah, we should probably wrap this up. But Colby, do you have anything else to say about no, it? No, I don't. Um, I give it a nine yeah. out of ten. Too low, way too low. <laughs> uh, fifteen out of ten. No, ten out of ten. It's uh, it's heartbreaking. I. <laughs> Uh, I'll say this really quick. I saw this after a huge heartbreak of mine. It wasn't my first one, but it was... We all have a defining heartbreak in our lives. And it was the defining heartbreak in my life. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and this I watched this at the perfect time. And it it was like a... It was like a warm hug. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 was, uh, it was the perfect movie to see after experiencing those true emotions and to be able to kind of, even to this day, feel those emotions when I watch it, it's just a testament to the making of the movie, I think. And yeah, perfect movie. I love it. Great. Everybody Great stuff. And I, and Criterion I will rate it in the boy. comments after I finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So we are basically nearly done we just have what recommendation Kobe. what have you been watching lately hurry oh okay um i recently watched the new space jam and i double featured it with the original space jam i watched them back to back was that really worth it nice. not really i think the first one is like pretty funny and i think people are pretty mean to it but um does it contribute anything to society or film or art no duh, it's space jam whatever um space jam 2 was trash it kind of it's like it's a big it's just a big like corporate IP mess. Um, there were some funny jokes, but there's a scene in it where Porky Pig raps that made me want to um, like never talk to another human again. Um, and also, um, <laughs> I watched. Uh, I finished Loki. Loki is really good. Uh, I was very surprised by how much I liked it. Probably like the one of the best Marvel things yet. I also watched Black Widow, which was yes. fine. And I watched Dances with Wolves for the first time, which is great. Uh, I, I strongly nice. recommend that. It's a great, great movie. Uh, Jesse, what have you been watching lately? Do you have any recommendations? Hmm. Man, I'm going to put me on the spot. I don't watch a lot of television and movies right now because I'm very busy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, like, way too busy for, like, your little movies. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I Hurts. recently... Oddly enough, I'm trying to get through movies that people say are iconic that I just never watched because of a sheltered childhood. One of them is Gone Girl. Oh, my God. So I watched oh, Gone Girl Gone for Girl's the first great. time. I liked it. I hate watching movies that have been hyped for 10 years, you know, and then watching right. them. That's just, like, never fair as a viewer. Um, but I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it for sure. I think at, mm -hmm. when it was released, I'm sure it was a lot more shocking and, like, you know right better it was i remember people <laughs> yeah. were talking about it yeah it oh it's got I remember people talking that. um but i can't think of anything else uh, as far as musicals go um there's some really great movie musicals or musicals being adapted i don't know how great the movies will be but great musicals being adapted into movies uh soon um my favorite musical of all time right now is waitress it is a beautiful musical that makes me sob my eyes out like ugly cry 
Um, but yeah, support the arts, support theater, just go see a production. It's good for the mind, good for the heart, and really good for keeping art alive. An amateur cast the musical will be coming to a theater near you uh, <laughs> August of 2022. Written by Colby, sung by Seb. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> uh, Two-man show. Oh, no. The two men. Oh my God, Kobe, you should do it. It's just, it's just us like doing every episode of the podcast that we've done so far again, word for word. But we sing all of it like umbrellas. And <laughs> It'll be like Bo Burnham's Inside, but with us. Netflix acquire us. Uh, so um, what I also, so okay, I've never seen Space Jam. I'm one of those kids that did not grow up with Space Jam. I grew up with Back in Action. Back in Action so, is better. Uh, Way better. Action so action is awesome, but um, Space Jam. I, I didn't hate it or love it. I understand why people like like it, but I, it's genuinely without the strangest movie I've ever seen. It is so weird. It is. Uh, what is that movie? Um, Kobe, I wh- wh- Why do you not like The Departed? I finally watched The Departed. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. It was awesome. Marty, God bless you. You're exposing we me. We can man. talk about this another time. What is wrong with it, you? It's boring. I, I was watching it like, what does he not like about this? I do not get it. We can. I, I, I don't we know. can do an episode on it one well, day. I don't know, man. I look forward to this. I, I look forward to that. I just don't get it. And, I just um, don't get what's so special about it. It's so bland. I, no, I don't agree. But okay. Um, and I've been rewatching the DreamWorks movies because I recently been really uh, obsessed over animation, the process of it. The, I love it. It's it's a very underrated art form, I think. Sadly, people associate animation with kids. And I don't think it's always like that. But um, so yeah, I, I rewatched Prince of Egypt, which I think is the greatest animated movie of all time, in my opinion. Uh, the Kung Fu Panda movies, which are awesome. Shrek, which is great. And Shrek 2, which is fantastic. Yeah, so... Not Boss Baby? Uh, oh, don't forget Boss Baby. Or uh, Boss Baby 2. Back in business, of course. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Family business or whatever the hell. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been watching. It's late. Yeah, we're going to end this episode done. so we can go to bed. Jesse, thank you so much for having us. For I just... Thank you for having us on our show. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for hanging us. Oh. I think... Jesse, I just accidentally handed you ownership of this podcast. Oh, no. I'm honored and not ready for this responsibility. Commitment. <laughs> Commitment and responsibility. Thank you for coming on. You guys are great, though. The... Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I look forward to not doing things this late at night. Yeah, we usually record a lot earlier. This is my fault, sorry. It was great. It was great. We made it work with our crazy schedules. I love oh, you both. Yay. I'm so glad that we got yes. to hang out again and, and talk about what we love. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can have you on again soon. There's a lot of good musicals coming out. You're our, you're our musical expert. You are I our would musical love that. Consultant. And I am free any time before 10 p.m. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expose me like Does this. Does 4 a.m. work? Hey. Uh-huh. No comment. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, 
Goodbye, everybody. Tune in to our next episode. I think we're talking about M. Night Shyamalan. He has a new movie coming out. Oh, yeah. Next episode. Because Old is coming out this weekend. Uh, Sebastian, can you use your beautiful acapella voice to give us a little outro? Because we still don't have a song. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.